Hey, you're listening to Migration Patterns, a podcast that explores the places we come from, where we live, and what takes us there. I'm your host, Meredith Bratland. In this episode, I speak with Tona, a Nigerian living in Edmonton. Professionally, he works in tech, but he also has a passion for filmmaking and music. We chat about Nigerian tribes, the 419 internet scam, oil in the Nigerian environment, Nollywood, and Nigerian music. So buckle in. Let's get to it. Hi there. You're listening to Migrations Patterns. I'm Meredith, and I'm sitting here with Tona. Hello. Uh did yes, I say it right? yes, you said it right. Um, <laughs> I feel so uh, awful. I have no, to no, say no. that all the time. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said it right. It's uh, it's tona. It's Tone. um, it's kind of slow. It's two O's and two N's, and yeah. I know like if you read two O's, you read that as two. But in my culture, my country, my language, it's to. It's it's endless. It's stretching. So tona. It's kind, kind of, of bouncy. Like or like a flat O, because we usually yeah. have like the boot. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, but it's slow. It's not tona, it's tona. It's kind of gentle and yeah. bouncy. Yeah, so tona, first tona. name. Uh, Obiokoi, yeah. last name. And can you give us some, yeah, can you give me your lesson, <laughs> your pronunciation lesson? Um, for the last name, it's just, it's O-B-I hyphen O-K-O-Y-E hyphen. My dad took uh, Okoye, his last name, and added Obi because in my culture, again, Okoye, in my tribe of my country, Okoye yeah. is a popular last name. So okay. it's Obi Okoye, O-B-I hyphen O-K-O-Y-E. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad to be here. Yay. Yes. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And so, Tona? Tona. 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 Yes. Uh, you can tell like I'm always in a hurry in life, <laughs> hey? Because that's... <laughs> it's, it seems so... Uh, Canadians seem to be in a hurry. I or think we Edmontonians. are. Yeah, like, oh, Albertans yeah. especially. Yeah. Like, we are awful. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I think I'm I, I'm also in a hurry every time now, so I think I've been infected by that hurryness mindset, okay. which is good. You have places to go. You have schedules to keep. I guess. I like yeah. it. Be on time. It's good stuff. Tona is really into music and film. In the future, he has plans to explore this desire. I feel like if I go through this life and I do not do something musically or with filmmaking, which yeah. is another hidden desire of mine, then I'll think I did not really live this life of mine. I think I have those like God-given gifts to give to the planet. Yeah. But if I don't give them, then I've wasted them. Yeah. So I'll be so pissed. So, but... I just haven't jumped at the opportunity to do something with that, especially singing. Lots of people tell me, you have a good voice, you have a good voice. I don't know if they're lying, you know, if they're bullshitting me, or just trying to make yeah. me feel good. So in my shower, I'm awesome. I'm like, I, I give Celine Dion a run for her money, I think. I don't know. But maybe on the stage, that's another, that's another story. Well, that's a big leap, right? Yeah, and is. so is it like putting yourself like out there publicly, yes. kind of holding, holding you back a little bit? Or? I think so. I think it's putting myself out there. I think it's actually... I'd love to write my own music. Like, mm. I have a bunch of songs that I love and I love to cover and do... I'd love to do, like, an album covering, like, favorite songs from a couple of decades, you know? Yeah. But I'd love to pen my own songs to and sing. Um, just haven't embraced my guts and done it. Yeah. So it's something I could do. And, like, just the city here, what I love about the city, about this country, is there's the potential to really bring dreams to reality. Uh, yeah. Not so much... When I was growing up, like it's there, but it's just so much more difficult. Like I have to really fight a lot of, uh, or jump over a lot of hurdles. A lot of things are stopping you from from dreaming and bringing your dreams to reality. It's possible, but it's so much harder. So here, like the city, 
encourages creativity it has all yeah. these utilities and places like where we are right yeah. now to record this podcast and do music and art and everything so i'm hoping i do not waste uh, the opportunity i have just being in the city yeah. yay Everything. yay yay Edmonton. <laughs> yay Edmonton. <Love> you, Edmonton. <laughs> <clears throat> okay so what do you think of when you think of home Home, you, home. Like, well, when I say home, what do you mean now? <laughs> well, Nigeria, or what's okay. your what? Or what is my home now? That's, yes, and you know what? Home. That's coming up a lot in yeah. my interviews. Is yeah, um, there's that shift. So exactly, um, talk about how you want how it what it means to you. What does that sentence does, mean to you? What pops in your head first when you say uh, when you think of home? Like, yeah. what do you think of? Yeah, I think it's it's a big and little philosophical question for the immigrant. Because mm-hmm. the immigrant is, for whatever reason, they've left their original home and they're in a new home. But there's always, so you, you've created like a dual or depending on how many number of places you've settled in. There's an inner tension in yeah. defining where home is. So for me, I grew up like over two decades in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But even growing up there, just because of my personality, growing up I was more introverted. Um, I think I, I wasn't really introverted. I was... I had, there was noise, but it was inside. So mm-hmm. I didn't really express myself. Yeah. So even growing up home, didn't really feel like home. Not in a very sad way. Like, it was just, just. You hadn't found your community. Yes, I would say Maybe? that. I would say that, that, yeah. I hope that's not putting words No, 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 no. That's, I would say, <laughs> tr- that was correct. I hadn't found my community, um, a place where you can express yourself. Like, yeah. expression, self-expression. Just what it's not so easy in my country, it's getting better now, yeah. Um, but then lived in Edmonton for five years now, wow. So it's gradually beginning to feel like home, it's just beginning to feel like home within the last year because I came as a student, Mm -hmm. I graduated school, and while attending school, I focused only on school, didn't really interact with the city, with the community here. But now school is done, I'm working, and I have the chance, the opportunity to really get to know where I'm living now. Like, it's like I'm really, like, aware of the fact that I'm not in Nigeria anymore and, like, just taking in my environment and people and culture. Yeah. So home is still being figured out. (laughs) Tona grew up in Nigeria and went to university there. What did you take in school? Um, I'm from an IT background. I said Mm -hmm. that uh, when I registered online. Yeah. So I did computer science in Nigeria, university. Which one? University in Nigeria. Oh, yeah, which one? If I mention a Nigerian university, would you? Maybe. Okay. So it was called the. It's a name of a person, and he's a popular person in my country. Yeah. Namdi Azikiwe University. Yeah, and yes, he is the first uh, democratically elected president of the country. Yeah. Okay. So. And then he was president for the country for a while, and then he founded two major universities in my country. So I attended one of them. Um, So I did computer science there, and I came to Edmonton, and I also did a master's degree in advanced computer science, oops, so to speak, uh, IT security at... Yeah. That's fascinating. Like that's yeah. a booming It is it is area. a booming thing. The whole but I, I don't fancy it as much. Right. And that's that could be a whole other conversation or podcast. Yeah. I can also talk about work briefly if you want. But yeah, <laughs> I uh, I did that at Concordia University in uh, Edmonton. Okay. Yeah, so that's nice. what I did for school. Great. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a lot of neat ties too with like your creative side and the IT side because yes. that's like where things are moving now. Yes. And there, it's 
the the IT is so enabling. Like, oh, yeah. I never would have dreamed about doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's, like, you know, at our fingertips, and it's, oh, yeah. like, affordable. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. You can figure it out. So. Oh, yeah. Just as you said, it's very enabling. It's very empowering. I The way I think about it is you can become your own blank. So you can listen to the radio, which is awesome, or you can create your own radio now. Like yeah. what we're doing. You can create your own media, podcast. You can watch TV, watch movies, which is awesome, or with IT and creativity and guts. You can create your own like YouTube channel or a short film or a full like budget feature movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, IT is super empowering uh, in our time. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I asked about the um, the university is I've read a couple of books by okay. uh, Shiamanda Ngozi oh, Adichie. You are so butchering her name right I now. I know. But it's fine. I'm it's so okay. terrible. Can it's you help right. me? Um, so the thing with names, uh, well, I guess all names, all cultures, is the accent, the pronunciation, yeah. the musicality of the voice. So it's Chimamanda. Okay. Chimamanda. Uh, Chimamanda. What's her last name? Ngo- <laughs> uh, like I Ngozi, so N G O Z I. I think that's a middle name, which is yeah. Ngozi. Ngozi. So the N, so it's N G O Z I, but the N is Soften. it's an in. It's Ngozi. In Ngozi. Adichie. A D I C H I E. Adichie. So Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. and <laughs> those names they come loaded with meaning. I don't know yeah. what hers mean. I sadly can't speak my local language very well. That's kind of shameful again, but uh, shameful again because I said that before the podcast started. But um, those names are kind of long and complex to pronounce to yeah. non-Nigerians, but they're loaded with meaning and depth and passion. So, um, yeah, we love our names too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in my read, well, okay, in my reading of her books, yeah, and yes, then also, yes. so she's Igbo. Igbo, yes. Igbo. I'm Igbo as well. Are you too? Yes, okay. I am. Yes, we're so similar tribes. One of the yeah. main tribes in the country. Yeah. Yeah, and so which part of the country were you uh, raised in? Um, I grew up in Western Nigeria. Yeah. So I grew up in a city slash state called Lagos. Yes. Maybe you've heard of it in yeah. the little books or yes. readings that's or research. That's the biggest city, isn't it? Yes, not? it's the yeah. biggest city. It's the most densely populated city of uh, African people mm-hmm. on the planet. Like, it's really just packed full of African people, yeah. uh, Nigerians, uh, other people, actually. Um, but it's the economic capital of the country. It's not the, like, um, government capital. No. We have, like, an actual capital. Uh, do you know the capital of Nigeria by any chance? As Judah? Abuja. Abuja. Abuja, yes. A-B-U-J-A. But yeah. Lagos is like the economic capital. Lagos used to be the government capital back in the day, but it was changed. And quite cultural. Yes, super cultural. So lots of people, my parents included, migrated from other parts of the country to Lagos to seek uh, like fortune, right, to work yeah. and things like that. Because, again, that's just where the economy was, money and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's, the, it's the cultural and economic hub of the city. So... Like music is booming there, the Nigerian yeah. movie industry is booming there. We Can't can wait get... to talk to you about awesome. <laughs> and and the the crime and all the bad side right. too, right? The four or nine and the Nigerian princes, most of them are probably lodged there, sending out right. emails to people all over the world trying to get your money. So uh yeah, it's that's where I grew up. Right. Awesome. 
And I read that Nigeria is very diverse, and there's like 500 different dialects yes. and a whole bunch of different uh, groups of people. And yes. I wanted to ask you about the terminology of that, because when I was writing okay. my questions, I okay. thought I was going to ask, like, what group of people do you identify with? Because sure. I didn't sure. know if tribes is even... Yes. Um, like a yeah. correct word yeah. to use. Tribe is 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 the right word to use. We say tribes too. We have um, 36 states. So for comparison, I would say Canada is geographically much larger. You guys have yeah. different time zones, which when I first came to this country, I blew my mind. I'm <laughs> like, what? So in the same country, it's a different time? Like how big must this place be? Nigeria is a diverse country, but as Tona explains, there are some main tribes. Three main tribes. Yeah. The Igbo tribe, my tribe, Chimamanda Adichie, the Yoruba tribe. Yeah. The Yoruba tribe, um, a popular name that you may be aware of from the tribe, uh, Wale Shoinka. No. Mm. Uh, is that a writer or a musician? Yes, writer. writer. We have Fela. There's a musician called Fela. Maybe, maybe not. But Wale yeah. Shoinka, um, first... Noble laureate literature, oh. uh, first oh. African, I would say, or first, first is black that person. Things fall apart. Uh, Chino Achebe is things fall apart, but yeah. he was he okay. was in close contention for the same uh prize literature, yeah. but Wally Shoko won it so in the 70s. So he's like this historical figure that he's still alive and oh, okay. he's highly regarded for literature. In the whole yes. country, we have lots of literary, literary geniuses, you do. you do. Um, he's Yoruba. And then the Alsa tribe is the third main tribe. Out of these three tribes, they're like sub-tribes. Like that's where the 500 plus tribes and dialects kind of split out from, from these three main tribes. And then all these other little tribes kind of split out from there. So I'm, I'm Igbo. I'm from like one of those main tribes. I'm Igbo. I don't have like a sub-tribe I belong to per se. Yeah. I'm just Igbo. I may be mistaken some of the history of my country. Growing yeah. up, I... Maybe I just wasn't as attentive as I should have been. I was just, yeah. I kept to myself, even within my country's happenings. But as much as I'm aware of, um, the Igbo people, speaking of government, let's start with government. When we first gained our independence yes. from the British, 1960, October 1, that's our Independence Day, yeah. um, the plan was to share the leadership of the country among these three tribes. Right. So the Igbos would take like four years to rule, and then Yoruba would take four years, and Alsa would take four years, and kind of go oh. again in circles that didn't work out no <laughs> uh, civil war broke out like soon uh, after soon after Chimamanda Adichie writes about that a lot in her yeah. books and um, um, Half of a Yellow Sun Half of a Yellow Sun The yeah. Thing Around Your Neck and a few other books and a bunch of Chino Achieve written about that too extensively yeah. um, the Igbo tribe uh, wanted to split from the rest of the country and that was a result like that caused the civil war and like the rest of Nigeria didn't want to split the Igbo tribe the Igbo people are stereotypically, for good or for bad, known for being very entrepreneurial and money-minded. Like, they are the ones that like, chase the money and build the wealth and everything. Um, the Northerners, like the Aousa tribe, the Northerners, mm-hmm. they, they mostly live in northern Nigeria. They're known for agriculture. Like, the bulk of, I'd say the bulk of the nation's food comes from northern Nigeria. But sadly, right now, some parts of northern Nigeria are, what, are affected by the violence, Boko Haram kidnapping, the girls yeah. were kidnapped a couple of years ago and killings yeah. and all these things. And the yeah. Yoruba tribe too are also just known for leadership, entrepreneurship, and um, for being playboys and lovers. <laughs> There's a whole thing with Yoruba people and 
that's so romantic, but they will break your heart. It's a whole stereotype. It's real. It's it's so real. <laughs> so if you're you're Yoruba and you're listening to this, forgive me, but I'm gonna spill all our secrets today <laughs> on the show. Um, but they, they're known for many amazing things too. But that's kind of the bulk of what I know. Um, just about government and food and power and that whole structure among the three main tribes in the country. 419 is an infamous internet scam that has some ties to Nigeria, although many other places employ this online fraud too. So it's real. Uh, (laughs) Start there. (laughs) It's true. It's real. The funny thing is, and technology aids the the propagation of 419. It makes it possible to do this from anywhere in the world. So it's real. Like, literally, I could put up an ad on Edmonton Kijiji like today, And some random text or email would appear on my phone saying, like, the ad would be so, like, uh, explanatory, right? Like, I want to sell a pair of shoes. The person's like, is that item still available? I want to buy it. But my uncle, he's working overseas. I'm going to ship you some money from somewhere. And you're like, yo, 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 you could already tell, like, bro, where did you, how did you even get here? Like, where does this message come from? So people somewhere can just program a code to send you an automat- automated response when mm-hmm. you post an ad, I guess, on any like e-marketing or e-business site like Amazon or eBay, etc. Mm-hmm. It could be Nigerians, it could not be Nigerians, but Nigerians yeah. are known to do this a lot. So it's real. Um, I would say it could be as a result of the still rampant poverty in the country. So due to the situation back home, it's interesting, like, there's lots of wealth in the country. Mm-hmm. There's lots of poverty living side by side, like in every other country too, right? Mm-hmm. But those that unfortunately find themselves in the poor side of things and are not able, for whatever reason, to find legitimate work and means of earning money, resort to crime and 419. And then uh, they send out these emails or they automate these programs that kind of send out these emails to a bunch of people and... They kind of cast, so you're never targeted personally. They cast like a wide net, mm-hmm. and then whoever falls, whoever is gullible to respond and thinks it's it's a valid email or whatever, then mm-hmm. they, they take you down the rabbit hole and try and get your money eventually. So it's a real thing. Um, but yes, I, I haven't read Will Ferguson's book, and I'm looking forward to reading it. But obviously, uh, people shouldn't think that all Nigerians engage in 419. It's no. just that some people just choose that as their means of uh, committing crime in order to just survive. It's yeah. a survival instinct that unfortunately leads you to commit crime. And there's crime everywhere on the planet, right? Yes. So that's just some people's way of surviving. Yeah. So it's sad, but it's real. And so beware of 419. If anything looks too good to be true, it probably is. If somebody is trying to, like, there's always, there's an MO. It's always, I want to give you some money for some reason, like a large amount, Mm -hmm. but I need you to send me this smaller amount so I can give you this bigger amount. And that's the advanced part. Exactly. That smaller amount is what the person is looking for. So it could be, I'm going to give you a million dollars, but I need $10,000. What I read, like Nigeria has, it's like a powerhouse economy, right? You have the oil there and, Mm. and we also have those issues with environmental degradation with the oils and that kind of boom and bust thing here. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, it's yeah. going to happen, and, yeah. um, yeah, so, like, is it, is it, like, water, yeah. or, 
Is the oil like water? Or like, do, do you have environmental damage that oh. um, for oh, the water? Oh, for sure. Um, or is again, it more deforestation? Um, this is just what I'm aware of. And yeah. I, I don't have like the best information on all this. And I didn't, Lagos, the city I grew up, it, it's not one of the places where the oil is being mined, mm. you know, like compared to Fort McMurray here, right? People yeah. go there to work around the oil sands and stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a sp- specific specific regions in the country, like geographical regions. There's a state called River State. So River State, it's, mm-hmm. there's water all around it. I grew up in Lagos State. There's also River State. River State has water, has fish, fishes and water farming and all that good stuff, but they also have oil. There's oil in their land. So um, what I'm aware of is there's corruption. Corruption is like the, the core sin of that nation. Mm. It's just, it's... It's in the DNA of the government, and we're trying to get rid of it, and we're not sure how. We've been in it for just decades. The leaders of the country would negotiate with uh, huge oil corporations like Shell, and I'm not saying these big names on the podcast. They shouldn't come for me. I'll just, I'll just say what I think is happening. But these big guys, they come in, and they negotiate to drill the oil out of the ground. And while doing that, they may not care for the damage that is caused to the ground because the government gives them permission. They pay. So the government, the few folks like heading the country, the, the seating on the throne of the government, they make money off these huge oil corporations. The oil corporations go into these little regions with villages, with people, drill the land, just mess things up. Uh, most times there's no compensation for the people. Most times there is no care for the environment, how the oil is being drilled, maybe, I don't know, replanting trees and things like that. Like, like just the general awareness of environmental issues, at least while I was growing up, isn't just really there. Even though oh. I, I don't even have, I don't really know. Like, coming to Edmonton was the first time I was aware of you segment your garbage in different bags. Nobody, I don't think anybody's doing that today in my country. Right. Some people are starting, people are trying to create awareness and things like that, yeah. but like putting like a, a bottle you drink water out of in a separate garbage bag and then putting like onions, peel. Like, yeah, for the compost. That's not, we don't, while I was growing up, all my decades there, that never happened. Yeah. yeah. And I think it is a cultural thing. It's, it's very yeah. um, like in Canadian culture. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in, um, living in Belgium, mm-hmm. they'll like, I'm not trying to knock the Belgian people, but like <laughs> they'll throw garbage on the ground like during festivals and stuff yeah. because someone yeah. is hired to pick it up. Oh, someone is hired to pick it up. Yeah. That is amazing. Right? But it's <laughs> like, why do we have to hire someone yeah. to pick up your garbage? Yeah, you put can it just, in a garbage Yeah, I, I say that's so. amazing in almost a sarcastic way because growing up, Nobody was hired to pick it up. Like, yeah. the streets are littered with garbage. Right. Like, I haven't been home in five years. I'm going home soon, later this oh. year. But uh, I've, I have a friend who just came back a few years ago, and he tells me nothing has changed. Right. Some parts of the city, I grew up in Lagos, some parts are still, you're walking with garbage on the streets. Like, there's no one to pick it up. Nobody cares. People are just living, people are living in, like, garbage, and it's dangerous to your health, and yeah. just nobody cares. Yeah. Um, so, but still sticking with, uh, the oil story, corruption is like the root cause of everything in the country, yeah. right? Um, the government, right now, things, people are really fighting for a change where we're growing our backbone and demanding a change. Yeah. But the government in conjunction with oil companies come into the country, harvest the oil yeah. and just leave like death 
<laughs> in their wake in terms of the environment, in terms of the people. So these little states and regions where the oil is being drilled out, militant people, like, how do I say this? Like, just people rise up and are tired of the corruption and then they fight. But it's also, it's like you're fighting fire with fire. So these people, they form these little militant groups, mm -hmm. similar, not really to Boko Haram. Boko Haram fighting for a different cause, but these guys come and like literally fight inside. They take up arms. And so when foreign nationals come to work for the oil companies and do office work or do drilling work, people get kidnapped. Mm -hmm. And then poverty is a huge thing too. So at one hand, a group of people are fighting for justice because you've come and you've destroyed our land, you've poisoned our water. Mm -hmm. And then some other people take the, the canopy of justice and they want to make quick money. And so they kidnap foreign nationals and demand like a million dollars or we'll Mm -hmm. Cut off his head, and they might just chop off your head because they're also angry that you're messing up our land. But they are like poverty, and we want money too, just to feed and survive. So it's it's corruption that's like the root, and then it has so many branches, and it just affects the welfare affects, yeah. of the entire country and people. Wow. Oh yeah, it's it's serious. I don't. I've not read the book. I'm looking forward to, it, but I'm, I assure you, the reality is much, much, much worse that that book is painting i can really you, it's really really bad <laughs> i do i don't even know that reality again i grew up in lagos and lagos yeah. doesn't have oil we depend on like the banking industry is huge in right. my city in yeah. lagos and then music music is a huge thing movies is a huge thing yeah we have all that going up but not oil so people that grew up in the oil regions they have the real stories to tell and it's really stories of horror so um i guess similar to this province where like, we, before oil was discovered in the country, we had other sources of income, like, uh, like national income. So agriculture was huge. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, we would export cocoa. We would say cocoa, accents are yeah. different. But cocoa to Switzerland. Switzerland would use that cocoa to make chocolate. Yeah. So we're huge exporters of cocoa and other agricultural products, like our economy didn't depend only on oil. We had all these other... Like, our land is rich and filled yeah. with natural resources. And we yeah. had food. We still have food and fishes and water and, and all these things in agriculture and export. But when oil was found, just like... Uh, it's like a demon that just possessed mm. all the government officials. Like, oh, my God, oil. We're so rich now. Let us focus on oil. And then they just neglected everything else. And all yeah. the manufacturing industries and the farmers and all these guys got neglected. And then oil and oil and oil... And um, I guess similar to what's happening in this province too, where lots of people depending only on oil for their income, and then when the oil boom dips, and people are out of work and things, so people have to yeah. diversify, you know, and try and yeah. like the governments of Canada or this province and Nigeria need to focus on other resources, right, yeah. for the betterment of their people. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's jump into um, Nollywood. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Woohoo! So, do you want um do you want to tell everybody what what's the deal with Nollywood? I think if I oh, explain it, I'm not going to oh. do it justice, right? Oh, so what is Nollywood? What is Nollywood? What is I'm I'm surprised if there's anyone listening to the podcast that hasn't come across Nollywood in one form or, or the other, even in rural Edmonton or Alberta or wherever. Um so quote unquote Nollywood, and I'll explain why I said quote unquote. I have the quote fingers, you can't see them. Um, is the Nigerian movie industry. And statistically, we are the third... The third? I thought it was second. Oh, like producing. Uh, we're third to Bollywood. And, sorry, second. 
Number one is Hollywood. Yeah. Number two is Bollywood. Number three is Nollywood. Oh, okay. So Bollywood makes more movies than we view on like a weekly or monthly basis. Oh, okay. Yeah, like quantity-wise, I think. I, I messed up my stat, but we make a lot of movies. Um, <laughs> Nigerians out there do not be pissed at me. Lots of the movies are awesome. Like, we're really getting good at them. And again, I have this side passion for filmmaking, yeah. especially to contribute to my country's movie industry. Yeah. But a lot of them are garbage. <laughs> Still. <laughs> a lot of them are garbage. But we're working hard. It's not easy no. in my country to do anything. Uh, talk less of to do creative stuff. Right? Yeah. It's very, yeah. very difficult. I can't even um, explain it. Like, like electricity, mm-hmm. constant electricity, is is still a myth yeah. in the entire country. That's in 2017, what pretty. month is this? May, March, yeah. whatever. But yeah, so you don't have constant electricity. We depend on diesel or fuel generators. These little portable generators you pour like gas. You fill yeah. gas with diesel, or fuel yeah. with them, and then you run them, and then they power your little studio where you can edit your movies for like oh, a couple of hours, and then you shut them down and you go to sleep, and you're bitten by mosquitoes all night long. Yeah. Um, so it's artists struggle, but yeah. lots of people are successful. So I really uh, give credit and kudos to the creative people back home in Nigeria. Yeah. But yeah, Nollywood is the Nigerian industry. It's booming. It makes a lot of money. It's like a huge source of income. But the bulk of it is is mass-produced crap. <laughs> uh, few people are like distinctly very creative and putting the effort and time. And um, once once upon a time... Growing up, if you tell your parents in Nigeria you want to be a filmmaker, they were like, what? Slap you like, no, you're going to be a banker, a lawyer, an engineer, <laughs> yeah. like the classic like uh, job titles they want their kids Security, to. Security, some yeah, money. Exactly. You just so go live into, in a nice house. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. what every That's parent it. wants for their kids, just to be successful. Yeah. But, um, but right now, people are beginning to be open to like young people going into filmmaking and music. Music is huge. And so the government doesn't really support as much, mm. but that's gradually changing. Oh, and then private companies that do have money too, they're beginning to invest into the movie-making industry in my country. And so that's Nollywood. We, that's we produce a lot of movies, supposedly, I'd say maybe a 1,000 a month. Like, it's supposed to be a lot. Like, that wow. statistic, I am not exaggerating. It's a lot. But it's a lot of crap. But it's a lot still. And it makes money. And there are... Is we there have like, a classic plot line, then? Like, uh, of how these movies are getting uh, knocked out? Well, mostly people like romantic stuff, like yes. everywhere else. Like, where we love to cry and fall in love and all that good stuff. Uh, while I was growing up, I don't know if it's a huge plot line now. I don't watch a lot of Nigerian movies, sadly. <laughs> but uh, because most of them are crap. Uh, but while I was growing up, a huge plot line would be: Have you heard this term juju? No. Maybe you've heard juju. Yeah, you? like juju, kind of voodoo. voodoo. Yeah, magic. Just... Yeah. So juju, I'm saying it with the right accent. Juju. It's it's not good. It's not a good thing in our culture. Like like Harry Potter is huge here, but if you do Harry Potter, my country like. Duh! It's like, right. it's like it's witchcraft it's yes. demonic it's bad yeah so juju was a huge theme in my country so and and these things happen real like i have a personal experience these things, but they would happen real. like my country is very mystical yeah. and spiritual and religious yeah and so um a huge theme would be somebody's trying to get rich and uh, maybe a guy's trying to get rich and then he he goes to this local 
juju priests in the village. And the juju priest tells him, you have to cut off the head of a child and bring it to me. And like he goes and does that. And he becomes very rich. But then spirits are haunting him all his life. Oh and then he gosh. repents. Like he goes to a church and they like, pray for me. I'm a, spirits are haunting me because I cut on this guy. Oh, why did you do that? Blah, 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 blah. And then he repents. And then part two of the movie comes out. And we're huge with like sequels. <laughs> like sequels are like part two, part three, yeah. part four, part five. Like, oh, next one, the next one. And, uh. <laughs> so while well, growing up, Juju was a huge theme, but then we've begun to explore other themes too. So love and adventure and sports and science, we're getting there. Wow. We're making all kinds of movies, but again, it's really difficult uh, back home yeah. to make a good movie. But lots of people are putting the effort, and I appreciate that. I look out for those kind of movies. We have a few movies on Netflix. Okay. And we have a, I don't want to say Nigerian version of Netflix, but we have a, a website, an app called Iroko. Shout out to Iroko. If you hear me, you have to pay for this plug. Um, I-R-O-K-O. Oh, okay. Uh, just Google Iroko TV or Iroko Movies. Or just Iroko. Oh, whoops. I'm sure it's going to come out. Yeah. And over, you can go over there and you can see lots of great Nigerian and African movies. And it's usually the ones of good quality on there. But Netflix, too, has a few Nigerian types. Just type Nigerian a few times. Yeah. But usually the good stuff. Cool. So that's Nollywood. Nice. Yeah. And so you eventually want to make a film and like yes. get it over there. Yes. I I I like James Cameron. Yeah, okay. And I once saw this interview with James Cameron where he goes to sleep. He said he he had a dream that a machine was chasing him like in the 80s. Yeah. And he woke up and he wrote Terminator, right? Okay. And like, that's how James Cameron became huge, I guess. Yeah. And then he did Titanic and he did Avatar and all these other things. So James Cameron, Christopher Nolan, like the classic yeah. auteurs of cinema in today's age, I, I obsess over these guys. And sometimes I go to sleep and I have these really vivid dreams. Mm-hmm. And I wake up like, these are amazing movie lines, like storylines. And I'm writing stuff down as much as, as I can remember. So I, I'm hoping to make some really eclectic movies sometime in my lifetime. I'm not given any timeline. <laughs> but I'm hoping before I leave this planet I will make some good movies yeah. yeah around the Nigerian experience like from the Nigerian perspective because the would things, you go over there or would you maybe, from here maybe it could be here it could be there but um, themes are similar like love and, and, and tragedy and just similar themes but just the perspective is different right like yeah. even the, the the use of a different language just adds a different flavor to the storytelling I'm a fan of Adichie, and her most recent novel, Americana, explores the differences between Africans and African Americans in the Americas. I wanted to know if Tona has experienced that as well. I haven't read that book, but I completely agree with that sentiment or that 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 dichotomy between the African American experience and the African experience on its own. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 kind of touchy because whenever I engage in such conversation with, uh, let's say, African Canadians, yeah, it it doesn't always it's not an amicable conversation to have. Really, um, because uh, it's 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 a whole lot of stuff and it's kind of deep. But I love to have the conversation. Um, I'd say. Uh, the concerns of the African-American or the African-Canadian are not my primary concerns. But because we have same or similar skin color, Mm -hmm. it's assumed that I should carry the same concerns and fight the same battles. 
but it's not. Like I have, a, I, I'm coming from an entirely different narrative and history. So when you come here, we can empathize with them or with anyone. I can empathize with anyone, anyone's struggles, anyone's history, anyone's story. Mm-hmm. But it should. We spoke earlier about uh, stereotypes help with statistics of trying to understand a people group. Yeah. But if you meet one person, try to understand that individual perspective, if you can, if you have time to, right? Yeah. So, for example, <laughs> uh, the month of February in, I guess, North America now, it's Black History Month. Yeah. yeah just there is no Black History Month in Nigeria, right? I don't think there's Black History Month in any African country. I could be wrong, but speaking for Nigeria, we don't do Black History Month. Um, so it's not that we don't recognize our history, but we are always, so it's, it's, again, it's a statistic where you look around you in Nigeria, everyone kind of looks the same, but you look around you in Edmonton and it's a variety. It's a smuggish board of colors, which is awesome. It is amazing. Right. So there could be a need to recognize a certain people group at a certain time of the year, whether it's Africans or, um, Asian country Mm -hmm. people group or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. Um, but I may not necessarily like like participate, I'd say, in the recognition of a people group at a certain time. For some rich history of Nigeria itself and its music, Jonas suggests looking into the artist Fela. Fela, Fela is a huge name in the Nigerian music scene. Okay, um, yeah, let's yeah. get into that yeah. because you mentioned yeah. him earlier. He's considered a hero even outside Nigeria. Lots of Americans even identify with him, sample his music and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay-Z in America actually uh, produced a Broadway musical called Fela. Oh, like, okay. Based on the Nigerian musician because know. he was very outspoken against the evil, corrupt government of his time. Mm. And uh, he died. Uh, he wasn't like assassinated or anything, but his mother was killed like by the government. Tried to get to him, they killed his mother and they kind of tortured members of the family. What? Terrible things happened. Is this in the, during the Civil War? Like no, no, this is this is in the nineties. This was I was alive and well, like I was aware of what's going on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, okay. um, so, so in just to answer your question, I can empathize with uh, the North American Black community struggle, but but it's always good to recognize that we we in Africa, living in Africa, maybe coming out of Africa to. Canada or America, we have a different narrative. Mm-hmm. We have a different history, a different struggle too. And so we may not necessarily just click, you know, yeah. with the community here easily. And the community here shouldn't feel offended if we don't because we just have our own stories that we're coming with. So yeah. it's 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 best to just have open dialogue, like For sure. recognize back and forth. Right? So All tell right. me about the music scene. Yes, the music... It's fantastic. Yeah. We make the best music on the planet. Okay. Niger <laughs> representing. Um, like the country is Nigeria, but the the like the local slang name for the country is Niger. So if yeah. I say Niger, I mean Nigeria. Okay. We make the best music on the planet. I don't care where you're from. Right? Like <laughs> um, I just I just tooting my horn. So we we do um all genres of music. Okay. That's the best part. But it's always with that Nigerian flavor. And what and is that? What what is a night? People would call it Afrobeat, but okay. I I wouldn't. Uh, people would call it Afrobeat, and Afrobeat is actually popularized by this guy called Fela. Oh, okay, again. yeah. And like he made his music, and lots of Americans love his music. He actually collaborated with one of the what's that boy band from the UK, Paul Mc, 
party noodles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> boy band. Oh, my bad. They're boys, right? Back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day, they were boys. So Paul McCarthy or one of those guys has been in Nigeria and done stuff with Fela. And okay. They've collaborated with all these guys. So they were huge back in the day. Like yes. Fela and all these guys are huge. So they, they popularized the Afrobeat sound as it's coined. And up to today, we, uh, we have Drake. Featuring yes. Whiskid. You've heard of Drake and Whiskid? Whiskid is a Nigerian artist. Okay. Um, uh, there's a song called Ojua Legba. And maybe when you're editing this, you could go look for that track okay. and I put it on the background so we can kind of get a sense of it and put a link to where to download it. But, sure. but Drake listened to this guy and like featured in him in a remix and they've done a bunch of other tracks yeah. together since then. Came into the game, no one replaced me. Me love mine, I see straight, me no chaser. All of my guys know me all about me paper. Me call me girls all around me, me no chaser. Yeah. Star boy call me number one. Why me tune drop the girls that bounce along? Me don't let nothing come between me and me paper. So when me come in, I de place me on that take up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Baby, come closer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Baby, come closer. Me, me, me number one in my city. Me steady rep, representing for me city, yo. African boy, me rep my team, yo. Me come clean like me coming on me video. Me, me, me come through like a soldier. She give me tea and she pleasing my rosa. She got the keys to my Porsche and my Rover. Hip-hop is huge in Nigeria right now. Um, one artist I would recommend above everyone else, M.I. Abaga. Abaga, A-B-A-G-A. Okay. Just, just Google his name. Just go on YouTube, right. type M.I. Abaga, listen to what he has to say. He's amazing. He's just, he's kind of like, like the Roots, the Roots frontman, I forget his name, but just oh. Talib, Talib Kweli kind yeah. of music. So he's classic hip hop. He's amazing. And, but it's always infused with uh, a bit of the Nigerian language in it. So you might not catch uh-huh. every like reference and every word and everything, but that makes it, that's the flavor. That makes yeah. it ingenious you know it's it's makes it kind of new and so and then afrobeat to the beat is kind of different but it's the same like lyricism brilliant lyricism and wordplay and poetry too many thanks to tono for sitting down with me on my blog you'll find some recommendations from him if you want to delve deeper into nigerian culture Thanks for listening to Migration Patterns. This is the first season. If you want to hear a second season, help a girl out and share this with your peeps and subscribe. Whoop. Ciao for now. Bye.